everybody, how's it going? It's Gabriel Menchaca. Uh, we're still in our first series, and we're actually getting into First Kings today. Uh, you know, the last two weeks we went over basically seeking the kingdom of heaven first, seeking the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, uh, the kingdom of God, uh, focusing in the right areas of seeking Him first, and and all the other things that would be added when we put the right things in the right places. And then uh, last week we went over your first ministry, which is basically about focusing on making sure that your walk with our Heavenly Father is in a healthy place. Ministry is Christian work or service. And anything we put in front of our relationship with our Father gets in the way. So we have to make sure that our Christian work is putting our relationship with our Father first and so today we're getting into First Kings, and I want to just give some context first. Uh, there's there's a famine that's going on in the land, and there's this prophet. He actually told everyone he, he God spoke to him, and and this prophet shared with everybody that there would be a famine, and there was a lot of a lot of other things going on. Um, you know, a big crazy situation basically all over. And but because of time, we want to focus on the fact that there was a famine. So there's a famine, a prophet, a king, a widow, and a son. And these are the main figures that First Kings is talking about in this account. And the king is the cause of the famine. So the king's actions, uh, basically the Lord was speaking to him. He didn't want to listen. So, so the famine comes because of the king. And uh, that's another sermon, how uh, rulers affect the land in which they rule when they don't listen to what the Lord is saying. That's a whole other sermon, a whole other lesson. But we want to pick up this account in the book of 1 Kings in chapter 17. And uh, I'm going to read through it and then kind of review the scripture as we go. It's more of an expositional type of a sermon today. Uh, but 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16, and it says this in verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So here we have this prophet, and, and God God basically has him living by this brook. Um, and this is all context. This is what's going on directly and immediately in this, this prophet's life. So it's this guy who's, who's committed himself to serve the Lord, to speak as the Lord uh, uh, inputs in him through the Holy Spirit. And so God tells this prophet uh, to go live by this brook, drink from this brook, and, and that the birds were going to bring him food, that the birds were going to bring him enough food to eat and to live. And so, uh, and the birds brought him food. So, so we read about this prophet and he's like, it's a really spectacular situation. It's uh, very uh, extraordinary. And so this prophet's living specifically by the instruction of the Lord. Now God tells him to go to this, this new area and that he has commanded a widow to feed him there. So this alone, this situation alone. So there's, like I said, there's a lot going on in this. And if you, if you read through it on your own, you'll find, man, that God was doing all these things, different events going on, different people. Uh, he was working into different areas of, of even just society as a whole. And so here we have this prophet and God tells him to go to this area and this widow is going to feed him. Cultural uh, context, widows were not the providers to anybody else. As a matter of fact, you took care of the widow. Even uh, if we reference scripture back in this, uh, well, let me explain first. A widow, in case you don't know, is someone who lost their, their husband. So it's specifically speaking about a woman who lost 
her husband. So this would, in a sense, put a, a woman in a bad situation because in, in this point in a historical context and cultural context, the men were the providers and the men were the ones who supplied what the women needed. And so if she was married when her husband died, basically she didn't have anybody. And so this widow is uh, in this famine so you got to remember, it's not just that she's a widow. She's a widow in a famine. So, you know, as Americans, we all know of the Great Depression era. So imagine a widow in the Great Depression. Uh, you know, we've read about that, how there was literally nothing. And so even if people wanted to help her, they didn't have enough because there was a famine throughout the land. So this widow is not someone you would go to for help. But here, this prophet is instructed by the Lord to go to this land, go to this area, and he's instructed a widow to feed him during a famine. So uh, in James 1.27, we read, uh, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So we know that religion as defined in the scripture, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 27, it, it is pure and undefiled before God the Father to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. So to take care of them. So you'll, you'll read this and you'll understand that, you know, that's something that we do as Christians. A religious practice of us is to take care of orphans and widows. We should be doing that. And so here you have this, this prophet, this man of God. He hears from the Lord to go to this land. He hears from the Lord that a widow is going to take care of him. And so it's, it's like I said, it's a little bit extraordinary. But uh, there's something that, that you can already protest here. If we want to talk about fairness and we want to talk about like, oh man, we got to take care of these things first, you know, and we can look at this situation and think about it. This man of God is instructed by God to go to this land and during a famine, a widow is supposed to take care of him. So many people could protest this. They could say, you know what? That man has enough. You know what? Other people can take care of him. But we read that God instructed him that a widow would take care of him. So there's something that can be protested here if you really wanted to talk about fairness. But what we're looking at is obedience and how obedience opened up some amazing doors. So this prophet is aware that God is in this. He knows that he's speaking to him. He's instructing him. So we pick it up in verse 10 and it says this. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So a morsel is defined a small piece or amount of food. So the prophet asks for water that he may drink something. He, he asked the widow again during the famine for water that he may drink something. And then as she's going, he asks for a small piece of food. So remember, this is a famine. There's nothing that people, there's no abundance of anything in the land right now. This is a very hopeless kind of atmosphere. 
People are just kind of like, man, you know, our city is, is being destroyed. Our economy is tanking. Uh, things are going down. This is not going well. Uh, this person's starving. This person's this, you know, and, and there's a famine and it's hitting the city. And so, and then this guy, this, this prophet comes into the city and, and he basically asks a widow for um, something to drink and then something to eat. So he makes a request for water and for food, a little water and a little bit of food. So then in verse 12, it says this, And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So the situation is pretty clear here. The widow had nothing. This was the last of what she had. And here she specifically shares to the man asking. She says, I have nothing baked. Because remember he says, you know, bring me some water and a small piece of bread that I may eat something as well. And so she says, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. If you ever want to share with somebody about a hopeless situation, this is a good scripture to share because this situation was hopeless. Here was a widow who had very, very little, and she was at the end of the little that she had. And, and then she says to the man of God, I'm going to cook this, and then we're going to basically wait for death to greet us. So she was at the end of her rope. And, and the widow is, is very clear on this. It wasn't something, it doesn't, at least in the scripture here, it doesn't kind of show us that it was a very dramatic situation. It was just kind of like, as a matter of fact, I really don't have anything. We're going to have our last meal and then wait to die. And so it's an interesting situation because here you have the man of God requesting from a widow in a famine for water and for bread. And she very clearly says to him, we don't have anything. And, and if we, the little thing that we do have, um, we're going to eat that and die. So there is no hope of more crops. There is uh, nothing uh, being produced that can feed them or can be, you know, even shared with them. The widow is hopeless. Uh, she has set in her heart uh, the course that life will take. And that's an interesting point here. She's put it in her heart. She's accepted it. She said, this is where we're going with this. This is what's going to happen next. And so she set that in her heart. And then in verse 13, it says this, and Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. So we're talking about first. We're talking about the things that we put first. We're talking about prioritization. We're talking about placing God first in our life, uh, putting the priorities in the first place. And, and here we have this scripture and we're reading about this woman who's a widow in a famine, has a son. She's trying to feed and take care of her son and herself and basically uh, is at the end of her rope, has nothing left. And a man comes and says, please, 
From the little that you do have, the little tiny bit, give me some. And and the thing is this, he tells her, uh, um, don't fear, don't be afraid. And and this is something that is, is said or read, we read this so lightly, but remember the situation. There's no hope. There's nothing. And do not fear. You know, and, and basically it's almost a command to her. Don't be afraid. And then he, he tells her, go and do as you have said. Basically, you know, I, I know you have your plans. Go ahead and do those. But first, and this is, this is something that can speak to us. But first, this is where the, the word of the Lord comes in. But first, we can have our plans. We can set the detrimental times in our life. The, the places that we feel uh, chaos has controlled our life, that we feel hopelessness is, is the thing that leads and guides us, that we feel that, that fear is, is directing every move we make. And this is in this moment, Elijah says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first. So, but first, first. Make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. And here we have the core of the message today. Don't fear. Make your plans and continue in them. You know, if you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you feel like, you know what? Uh, These are the things we're going to do. And this is probably what's going to happen because it's just the way things are. I don't see how there's an answer to our situation. I don't see how even in the financial areas, how we're going to be able to make these payments or do this thing or make this big purchase. I don't see how we're going to be able to do these things. Uh, I don't see how I'm going to have enough food to feed the family, all these areas and make your plans and continue on them, but make them and and move on them. You know, go ahead, keep doing that. Uh, But first make room Make a little, put God first. That that was the core of the message. But first, put those things as a priority, the things we can offer to God. What little we do have, what can we give to him? And it is a sacrifice. <laughs> it is a sacrifice. In, in the time of hopelessness, in the time when there's nothing that, that's going good, that's, that she can, uh, the widow can't draw from anything else. But in that thing, when she has nothing, the, God asks of her and she gives. Um, the prophet represents the word of the Lord. And we all know that. The prophet speaks what God is saying, the prophet speaks, and and uh, a prophet is a proclaimer of the will of God, and and so this prophet proclaims to her, and he says, uh, "Don't fear, uh, go and do as you have said." And then uh, in this moment, the the widow hears the prophet, and she puts her emotions aside, she puts her fears aside, uh, she goes and does the plan, but then she puts his need, his request, she puts that at the forefront. It's almost like this. What has God asked of you? And have you continued in that? Meaning in your hopelessness, in your time where you're like, you know what? I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to keep going. I don't think it's going to keep working like this. You know, what has God requested of you? Have you made that a priority? Have you put that first? Maybe you're at the end of something. You're, you're closing up shop. You're, you're closing a chapter. You're starting a new one. But, but God had requested of you. He had asked of you to do these things and to make sure that that, that is first. But first, give to God what he has requested of you. Put your household in second place. 
put put your uh, your desires, your plans, your your big moves. Put those in second place. Just put God first and give him what he has requested of you. Uh, in verse 14, it says this, For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So, he then proclaims what God will do for her. The request is made. He has asked of her. But then says, but this is what God will do for you. And, and this is not a give and take situation. This is not a uh, scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. This is a promise. Reap what you sow. If you give nothing, if you, if you do not give what God has requested of you, you're not able to receive what he wants to give you. And so uh, uh, what has God asked of you? Don't forget that. Write that down. Put it somewhere where you will not forget it, where it becomes almost like something that is habitual, where you, where you do it consistently and constantly, knowing that God has asked this of me. So not anybody else. He's asked me to do this. Uh, don't forget that. Maybe God put a ministry in your heart or a specific goal for something. Uh, he has asked of you. You need to put that in first place. What has God asked of you? We know that there's a lot of things going on. We know there's political turmoil. Uh, our country is, seems to be in chaos. We know that there's a lot of craziness going on. But what we know more than anything else is that the word of the Lord uh, surpasses everything else. What he says that will be done will be done. And so I know that even in a season of drought or like you don't see how this can happen or this can work, there is still a need for obedience. Remember that the widow in loss, she lost her husband, lost the provider for her family, for her household. And then there's a famine. <laughs> and so we're, we're talking about not just personal uh, household struggle. We're talking about economic, like uh, t from the outside, you know, coming from society as a whole, the city, the, the country, everything's in a famine. And so this woman has all these things pressing in on her. But what we know is that the call is for obedience. But first, obey. But first, obey. And obedience brings about blessing. Uh, but obedience has to come first. I'll say that again. Obedience brings about blessing, but obedience has to come first. In verse 15, it says this, And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. In verse 16, The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. And there's more to this account that you should read on about. Because it's something that when we hear about a miraculous event, we think like, oh, well, that's it. No, there's more to this. And you should read. I encourage you, go into 1 Kings chapter 17, read the whole thing. It'll blow your mind. You'll be like, whoa, man, like, I don't know if I'm ready for like that to happen in my life. But I'll tell you this, obedience has to come first. You know, that, that part when Elijah says, but first, that's like the word of the Lord uh, reminding us, but first, put God first. First, put the first things in the first place. Prioritize what needs to be the priority in your life. And remember that God is first. First.